0: Greetings and welcome to the Mount Calvary Nation podcast hosted by Mount Calvary Baptist Church in Dayton, Ohio, where our pastor is the Reverend S.N. Winston Jr. We thank you for joining us and hope that this episode blesses you. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Everybody. God is great. He's good. He's awesome. Um, Whatever he is to you, you ought to thank him for it. If he's been a healer, tell him thank you. If he's been a mind regulator, tell him thank you. If he's been a mind regulator, tell him thank you. This year alone, we probably should have all went crazy. But he kept our minds. And for that, we say thank you. Hallelujah. We say thank you. Hallelujah. Oh, see, it comes from a deeper place. Because I've been there before where I almost lost my mind. But God has kept it. And I say thank you. Hallelujah, hallelujah. So today's scripture is Psalms 68, and I'm going to read verses 1 through 4. And it says, Let God arise, let his enemies be scattered. Let them also that hate him flee before him. As smoke is driven away, so drive them away. As wax melteth before the fire, so let the wicked perish at the presence of God but let the righteous be glad let them rejoice before God Yea, let them exceedingly rejoice sing unto God sing his praises to his name extol him that rideth upon the heavens by his name John and rejoice before him let God arise and his enemies be scattered. Well, who are his enemies? Depression is his enemy, let it be scattered. Who is his enemy? Anger is his enemy, let it be scattered. Who is his enemy? Sickness is his enemy, let it be scattered. Let God arise and his enemies be scattered. Come on, give him praise, hallelujah. Father, have your way. Father, break chains. Father, loose chains in the name of Jesus. Have your way. Sing through us today, God. Minister to, to us today, Father God. Let your spirit reign. We thank you and we love you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Come on, give God praise. Hallelujah. Let God arise and his enemies be scattered. Let our praises rise. Hallelujah. Come on, clap your hands. the ride. Let it rise, above rise, let, let it rise, let it rise. The joy of the Lord is our strength, say. Let the joy of the, the, joy of the Lord, rise. Let the joy, of the, the joy of the Lord, let it rise, above rise, let, rise. let the praises of our, our King. We need peace in the earth today So let the peace of the Lord Come on, let's say it together. so let the favor of the Lord say. Let the favor of the Lord. Let it rise among rise us. Let the, favor of the, the
1: favor of the Lord.
0: Let it rise among rise us. Let the praises of our King. Let it rise among rise. us. I'm going you mine. hallelujah, Hallelujah. we've been promised everlasting life, and so death cannot hold us down, sin can't hold us down, because sin didn't hold him down, hallelujah, we thank you for your blood, God, hallelujah, come on, open up your mouth and give Him praise, we lift and magnify your name, oh, we magnify your name. Hallelujah, you have won the victory Hallelujah. you have won it all could not hold you down oh you are So by this strife, you are healed, Thank you, Jesus. and by His nail pierced hands, you're free, and by his blood, you're washed clean, yes, God. Yes, God. and now you have the victory. come on let's sing together, the power of sin, the power of sin, sin is, is broken. broken. Jesus overcame it all. Yeah. And he has won our, he has won our freedom. Jesus has won it all. Oh. Come on, so we are One more time, say that could not hold, could not you. hold oh. you down. Hallelujah. You are the risen King. You are the risen King. Thank you, God. And you see it in my heart. Hallelujah. Say you are the risen King. grateful that he's alive today. Are the risen you are the king. Just could not hold that you. You are the You are the king. Seated in Seated majesty. majesty. You are the risen king. We're going to sing it one by you grateful. Come on and tell them hallelujah. 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 Yeah. We give you the honor. We give you the glory. We give you the honor. We give you the glory. Worship him, worship him, you are some God, you are mighty God. We give you the honor. 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 Hallelujah. We give you the honor. I'm sorry, I'm trying to move, but can we just worship him? Just for a few seconds. Because you live, we can face tomorrow. Mm -hmm. We give you the glory. We give you the honor. We give you the glory. We give you the honor. I know we have a program and I know we got to keep it going, but just for a few seconds, let's acknowledge the presence of our King. We spend so much time on Facebook and looking at the latest on COVID-19 and looking at what the president is doing and we're studying that more than we're in the presence of God. And so what you give glory to is gonna have the most power over you. So if you just lift up your hands, and of course you got to do this daily, but for right now, just acknowledge his presence. Open up your mouth and say, we give you the glory, we give you the honor, we give you the glory, we give you the honor. Then you tell them, there's nobody like you, God." nobody like you. nobody like you God nobody like you real quick we say searched all over couldn't find nobody we looked high and low still couldn't find nobody there's nobody greater nobody greater Nobody greater than you Nobody great Nobody greater Nobody greater Nobody greater Nobody greater Nobody greater Nobody great Oh, nobody nobody greater
2: There is nobody greater than our God he's the only one who gave his son to die for us who even while we were yet in our sin he loved us so much that he gave Jesus in our place how could we not worship our awesome God how could we not worship our awesome God grace to you and peace from God our father and from the Lord Jesus Christ I hear you saying and also to you thank you blessed be God who has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ and he has seated us in heavenly places right in close proximity to those spiritual blessings there's not one single thing that we need that we have to go without and for that we give God praise let me say a few things up front just in case everybody is mad at me by the time we finish in case you tune out early uh, let me uh, first thank you for your continued generosity while we've been away from each other thank you for continuing to give And if you choose to do so today, you can do it by Givelify or text to give or cash app. uh, Or you can bring it by the parking lot after service is finished. Until about 1230, the deacons will be outside. And you can put it in their glove-covered hands should you choose. I do want to just remind you that next Sunday is worship on wheels. I praise in the parking lot starting at 1030. Get here early, get you one of the good spots in the parking lot. Uh we will ask that you remain in your car uh when you get here. Um but we will at least be in the same proximity next Sunday at 1030 for our worship on wheels and we will take the Lord's Supper together. Now, I need to talk to saints uh, today. I need to talk to church folk. This message is really for saved people. So in case you are not one of those, in case you are not saved, in case uh, you don't qualify as one of the people I'm talking to or I'm about to talk to, let me talk to you for a minute. Because here is the truth. Here is the good news. God loved you so much. That he gave his only begotten son, that's Jesus Christ. So that whosoever believes in him, that's anybody, should not perish, but have everlasting life. God didn't send his son into the world to condemn the world, but so that the world through him might be saved. That is good news. Let me tell you what the Bible says about how to do it. Confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord. That means he's in charge. He's running things. And believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead. And the Bible says you shall be saved. You can know that you are going to spend your eternity with Jesus Christ. I cannot promise you an easy walk. Being saved doesn't mean you just kind of skate through this life. No, that's not what it means. But what it does mean is that you don't have to, you don't have to walk through this life alone and when this life is over it's not it you'll get to live with jesus forever it's not always easy but it's worth it if you'll confess today that jesus is lord if you believe in your heart that even though he died on a cross god really got him up from the grave bible says you shall be saved that brothers and sisters is good news and if you're making that confession today and if you are uh if you're saying jesus i want you to be lord of my life you take control i want you to send us a message uh put it in the chat something so we know that today you uh you chose to give christ your heart all right god bless you now uh acts chapter five is where we're going you can turn there with me If you have your Bible, Acts chapter 5, and I will begin reading at verse 1 from the New International Version of the Holy Scriptures, and it reads like this, but a certain man named Ananias with Sapphira, his wife, sold a possession and kept back part of the price his wife also being privy to it, and brought a certain part and laid it at the apostles' feet. But Peter said, Ananias, why hath Satan filled thine heart to lie to the Holy Ghost and to keep back part of the price of the land? Whilst it remained, was it not thine own? And after it was sold, was it not in thine own power? Why hast thou conceived this thing in thine heart? Thou hast not lied unto men, but unto God. Just before I read verse 5, I apologize. It's not the New International Version. It is the King James Version of the Holy Bible I'm reading from. Verse 5. And Ananias, hearing these words, fell down and gave up the ghost. And great fear came on all them that heard these things. And the young men arose, wound him up, and carried him out, and buried him. Verse 7. And it was about the space of three hours after when his wife, not knowing what was done, came in. And Peter answered unto her, Tell me whether ye sold the land for so much. And she said, Yea, for so much. Then Peter said unto her, How is it? that ye have agreed together to tempt the spirit of the Lord. Behold, the feet of them which have buried thy husband are at the door, and shall carry thee out. Then she fell down straightway at his feet, and yielded up the ghost. And the young men came in and found her dead, and carrying her forth, buried her by her husband. One more verse. And great fear Came upon all the church and upon as many as heard these things. Verses 1 through 11 of Acts chapter 5. As we focus on what it really means to be the church this year, we are slow walking through the book of Acts, and don't, don't click me off, I'm not preaching about giving today. But if you've been joining us on this adventure, when we left off last week, we saw some opposition to this newly formed group of believers. Since the day of Pentecost, when the Holy Ghost fell, and they were filled with the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God had been moving among them in power, just like Jesus promised. So much power that a certain man, a man who used to be carried and laid at the gate of the temple every day, So he could beg for money. One day this man encountered Peter and John on their way into the temple to pray. And when he had begged for something from them, they said, we don't have any money. But in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up. And, walk. and wouldn't you know it, they helped him up and he began walking and leaping and praising God. And after he went on into the temple, folks were coming out onto the porch to see how this happened. And Peter and John were quick to tell them, Jesus healed this man, not us but as I said there was some opposition not everybody was happy about what was going on the priests the captain of the guards and the Sadducees they come to Peter and John while they're talking to the people and teaching and proclaiming that Jesus rose from the dead and these religious leaders are mad they are angry they are grieved that Peter and John are preaching about Jesus and verse three of that chapter says they seized Peter and John they put them in jail and the next day they had a meeting about it the religious leaders, the rulers, the elders, the teachers of the law, Annas, uh, the high priest, Caiaphas, all them, they brought the apostles in and they asked them, by what name have you done this? And Peter speaks up, you remember, Peter speaks up and says by the name of Jesus, whom you tried to kill, whom you tried to take out of here, long story short, the religious officials tell Peter and John, stop preaching Jesus. These early church leaders are now faced with serious opposition from outside of the church. They have been put in jail, they have been threatened, but at least that opposition, at least that struggle, at least that contention is from outside. Now most of us don't like any opposition at all. No threat is welcomed by anybody in their right mind. But at least when the threat is external, you know what to expect. I mean, while you don't like it, you almost expect external opposition. You expect threats from stuff outside of your house you expect threats from people outside of your family outside of your friend group outside of the church but what about when the threat comes from within when the danger is in the house when the problem is on the wrong side of the door that's a whole different level of threat but let me not get ahead of myself Peter and John got through that external threat The religious leaders had to let them go because there was some irrefutable evidence to the power at work in them. After all, the man that used to be lame and begging at the gate was now standing among them. So they were let go. They went back to the church and said everything that happened. And when the church heard it, they immediately went into a prayer meeting. They prayed, Lord, you are God. You made the heavens, you made the earth, you made the sea, and everything that's in all of them. Lord, people have been causing your people problems since back when David wrote in Psalm chapter 2, in Psalm 2, why does the heathen rage? the the people been causing your people problems a long time from when Herod and Pilate even with Israel tried to plot against Jesus your son and now Lord they are at it again Lord take care of their threats and give your servants some confidence help them to be fearless as they preach the gospel now stretch out your hand Lord and work miracles and signs and wonders in Jesus name and the Bible says when they finish praying The place that they were in started shaking and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and spake the word with boldness. I'm just telling the story. I'm just trying to bring us up to speed on what's going on in the church that Jesus built. That's what we're trying to get back to. We're rediscovering the church that Jesus built. And you want to know what the church that Jesus built looks like? There's a description of it in chapter 4. Let me read it from the Message Bible, starting at verse 32. The whole congregation of believers were united as one. One heart, one mind. They didn't even claim ownership of their own possessions. Not one of them said, that's mine, you can't have it. They shared everything. The apostles gave powerful witness to the resurrection of the master Jesus, and grace was on all of them. You want to know what it looked like? Verse 34 continues, And so it turned out that not a person among them was needy, those who owned fields or houses sold them and brought the price of the sale to the apostles and made an offering of it the apostles then distributed it according to each person's need verse 36 continues Joseph called by the apostles Barnabas which means son of comfort a Levite born in Cyprus sold a field that he owned brought the money and made an offering of it to the apostles that's what's going on in the church that Jesus built they are speaking the word of God with boldness, they are united, they are sharing with each other so that nobody among them has a need that goes unmet. So much so that these people are selling their possessions, the NIV says from time to time, and bringing the money and putting it at the feet of the church leadership to distribute to those who have need. That's the climate of the early church by the end of chapter 4. But wouldn't you know it, by the time you flip the page and turn over to chapter 5, we are introduced to a threat to the church, some opposition to the ministry and mission of the church. And the issue is that unlike the opposition that we saw in chapter 4, this opposition, this threat, this danger is not from outside of the church, it's from within. And Saints of God, I want to offer that while both Ananias and his lovely wife Sapphira are dead and have been sleeping in their graves for a very long time, the threat, the danger, the sin that they introduced into the church of the living God still threatens us to this day. And that's why I want to preach about, uh, I want to preach about it for a little while from this subject, The Threat from Within. Say it right where you are, the threat from within. Now let me go ahead and cut across the field and tell you that the threat, the danger, the sin that is found in this passage, the sin which threatens uh, from within the church, that threat is hypocrisy. Y'all know what hypocrisy is. It's the practice of claiming to have moral standards or beliefs to which one's behavior does not conform. Pretense. It's saying one thing but living something else. Claiming one thing and living out another. And saints of God, I need to talk to us today because the threat from within is still hypocrisy. There is a reason that this is the first recorded attempt by the enemy to stunt the newly formed church in the book of Acts now we already know that no weapon formed against us will be able to prosper we, we know that, we already know that the devil's schemes will come to nothing we know that because Jesus said at the outset upon this rock I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it, we already know that his church will be victorious, that's why Ananias and Sapphira had to die but that doesn't stop the attack of the evil one and unfortunately as it is here in this passage that a is from the now don't let it be lost on us that the very first attack is hypocrisy saints claiming one thing and living another let me talk to us today saints the real reason why people hate the church the real reason why people leave the church why they become disillusioned with the church why they won't set foot in the church building is usually not because we don't play the right music. It is generally not because we dress up or don't. Most times... It is not in the style of the service. Nine times out of ten, it's because of hypocrisy. It's because we say one thing and live something completely different outside. It's because we claim to have love, but they hear the way we talk about one another. It's because we claim to have fellowship, but they know that we can't stand one another. It's because we claim to be free from sin, when actually we've just gotten really good at hiding it. It's because of hypocrisy. And saints, let me tell you, it's 2020. What used to remain hidden does not remain hidden anymore. The things that people at one time wouldn't talk about in polite society, yeah. Now, not only will they whisper about it, not only will they talk about it just to their friends, they'll post about it on social media for the whole world to know what kind of foolishness is going on in the church house. Let's take a look at the threat of hypocrisy in the house of God. Let's examine what it looks like, what its ingredients are. There are some underlying issues. There are some ingredients which uh, which always go in this threat of hypocrisy. Uh, you see, in chapter five, we are introduced to one of the up-and-coming couples in the church. We don't know much about them. We don't know when they joined the church. But here they are, where all this preaching is going on, where all of this sharing is going on. They are among the people of God. They are a part of this church they see or at least they have heard about what people like Barnabas have done selling houses and land and bringing the money from the sales to the apostles for them to share with those in need they are a part of this church they're not outsiders they're members and they want to be a part of giving too and so they follow suit they sold a possession a piece of property they sold it and brought money to the apostles great wonderful how very generous brother Ananias and sister Sapphira but here's the problem they sold the property but verse 2 says they kept back part of the price. This brings us to the first ingredients of, uh, ingredient of hypocrisy if you will and that is division. Now when I say division I don't mean division like two people don't get along I mean division like a divided heart like a divided mind like a double minded man who's unstable in all his ways divided loyalty let me show you what I mean it is in the text you just gotta dig for it. This Christian couple are indeed united with each other they are one but they are divided in their heart they sell the property but they only bring part of the money to help others they kept back some for themselves now you gotta listen to me listen over in Matthew chapter 6 Jesus says this where your treasure is there will your heart be also and so when you look at what's going on here you see that their heart is divided because you see where their treasure is divided Half and half, right? Trying to serve God and themselves. Trying to help others and be seen. And brothers and sisters, I want to offer to you today that this is still one of the ingredients that leads to our hypocrisy when we have saints with a divided heart. Don't get me wrong, I'm not talking about money. I'm talking about the way we live. A divided heart. Uh, Let me help us out. All churchy on Sunday and worldly the rest of the week a divided heart praising God with your mouth on Sunday and cussing everybody out the rest of the week a divided heart sweet with pastor and evil to your husband a divided heart a deacon at church and a demon at home a divided heart a missionary at church and a monster at home a divided heart posting church pics on your page one day and porn pics on your page the next Divided, You get the picture. All I'm trying to say is that the Lord is looking for us to surrender all to him, not just part. That's why the Bible says if it seems evil to you to serve the Lord, fine, choose. Choose ye this day whom you're going to serve. If you can find a God who's better than he is, serve him. If you can find somebody else to wake you up in the morning, serve him. If you can find somebody else who gives you breath in your body, serve him. If you find another God serve him but Joshua said as for me and my house we will serve the Lord we are his people our hearts should not be divided that's why Jesus told the church at Laodicea I wish that you were hot or cold but you're lukewarm so I just want to spit you out forever Jones says it like this there's a voice that cries out in the silence searching for a heart that will love him longing for a child that will give him their all give it all he wants it all there's a God that walks over the earth he's searching for a heart that is desperate and longing for a child that will give him their all give it all he wants it all and he says love me love me with your whole heart he wants it all today serve me serve me with your, with your life now he wants it all today bow down let go of your idols he wants it all today. Okay, all right. That's too new for you. That's too new school. All right. When I was a child, they used to sing it like this Is your all on the altar of sacrifice laid? Your heart does the spirit control. You can only be blessed and find peace and sweet rest as you yield him your body and soul. Saints, we must guard against division of the heart. But not only is division in this recipe for hypocrisy, but deception is in there too. Look at it. Now, it's not written in the text, but there is an implication that when Ananias brought the money to the apostles that he wanted them to believe that it was all they got for the land so maybe he brought some of the selling price maybe he brought he brought 50% uh, but wanted Peter to believe that it was 100% of the selling price that's deception and I'm sure he expects Peter and the apostles just to be elated that he is bringing this money so so that they can help poor people but check out Peter's response Peter says how did Satan get you to lie to the Holy ghost about this money nobody asked you to sell your land it was yours in the first place you could have done what you wanted to it then after you decided to sell it you could have done whatever you wanted to with the money you didn't have to try to deceive deception where there is hypocrisy you will always find the underlying issue of deception somebody pretending to be something that they're not actors on the church stage if you will Fake righteousness so people can see how holy they are. Trying to look generous when you're really just ambitious. Trying to look innocent, hiding your hands when you've just thrown the rocks. Trying to look spiritual when we're really just religious. Trying to look holy when we're really just churchy. Listen saints he has called us to deliverance not to deception the lord calls us to integrity not to insincerity proverbs 10:9 puts it like this whoever walks in integrity walks securely but he who makes his ways crooked will be found out proverbs 12:22 lying lips are an abomination god deliver us from trying to deceive each other and the world when really we are just deceiving ourselves yes where you find the sin of hypocrisy you will find division you will smell deception but then finally there is always delusion where you find hypocrisy you will find delusion. You know what delusion is. Here is the, the, the real smart definition. It is an idiosyncratic belief or impression that is firmly maintained despite being contradicted by what is generally accepted as reality or rational argument. Typically a symptom of mental disorder. You're holding on to something that you think is right even though all the evidence points to the fact that it's not it's here in this passage peter says you think you're lying to men but truly you're lying to god that's delusional you you think you're trying to put on for men but but you're trying to fool god i'm almost done i'll get out of your way that's delusional god god is the one who made you how are you gonna lie to the one who made you that's that's delusional god who has a number for every hair on your head that's that's delusional God how, how are you gonna lie to God when he knows when you sit down and he knows when you get back up again how are you gonna lie to somebody who knows when you go out and when you come back in how are you gonna lie to somebody who knows your ways who knows your words before you form them on your
3: tongue how are you gonna lie to somebody who created your inmost being who knit you together in your mother's womb that that's delusional, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the light. How are you gonna lie to the truth? John 16 calls the Holy Spirit the spirit of truth. You can't lie to the truth. We can fool men, but to
2: think we can fool God is delusional. Man looks at the outward appearance, but God knows our hearts. I'm done. I know y'all think Ricky Ricky Dillard made this up. I know you do. I know you think he's the first one who ever sang it. But when I was a boy, I remember Ozeal Taylor and Choir Number 1. That was the old people's choir. And I think it was Maddie Milliner who used to sing it. You know, Lord. You know whether I'm right. You know whether I'm wrong. You know where I go and you know where I belong. You know all I do. You know my secrets too. Search me, Lord. Shine your light from heaven on my soul. And if you find anything that shouldn't be, God have mercy. Take it out and strengthen me. I want to be right. I want to be saved. I want to be whole. I'll, I'll never forget, I'll never forget it, and y'all forgive me, y'all y'all know, y'all give me C, y'all, y'all know, uh, y'all know who I am, you know where I'm from, you know that in the inside I'm really about 75 or 80, so y'all forgive me for just being me, but I'll never forget as a young boy I used to
3: hear Deacon Herbert Taylor in Deacon Devotion saying shine on me. Uh-huh. He'd say shine, I wish I could sing this like I feel it on me. Let, let the light from the lighthouse shine. Yes, sir. Shine on, shine on me. Oh, shine on me. Let the light from the lighthouse, let it shine. Channel, channel me I heard the voice of Jesus say He said, come on down by by head on on my upon my breast. You might as well sing it with me. Shine Shine, come on, tell him. Shine on, shine on me. Let the light from your lighthouse. Oh, let it shine on, shine on me. Shine. Yes, God. Shine on me. Oh, oh, shine, shine on me. Let the light from the lighthouse, oh. Shine on, search, search me, Lord. Come on, tell him, repent. Search me, Lord. Shine your light from heaven on my soul come on lift your hands and say if you find anything if you find anything that shouldn't be take it out and strengthen me yes Lord I want to be saved I want to be right Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yes. I want to be. I want to be. Lord, make me. I want to be whole. Lord search me Lord turn your light from heaven on my soul come on saints come on church if you find anything that shouldn't be Lord take it out and send to me I want to be saved Lord I want to be right I want to be whole. I want to be whole. I want to be right before you. Yes, God. I want to live saved. I want to live holy. It's my desire to live for Jesus every day i don't want to live one way on sunday and a different way during the week i want to be real 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 my daddy used to sing when i shout let it be real when i pray When I sing, let it be real. When I preach, let it be real. I just want to be real.
1: To close service here now but before we do I want to pray for you all at home because I know what it's like to be a young person in this generation and want to seek God but what's in your heart doesn't always line up with what you live and it's your desire to please him but yet you have conviction but yet you still live in reality. So let's pray and then let's get out of here. God, I thank you for the hearts that you put on your people. I thank you for the assignment that you have over our lives. I thank you for your word that's still relevant today. And I thank you for what you're about to turn the hearts of your people right now. God, we want to be more like you. And we will never and probably never reach the level of perfection. But every day as we wake up, let us strive after the heart of you. That even if we never meet what we want, we'll meet what you have called us to be. God, what your people are seeking in this generation is nothing more than authenticity. You want us to be authentic in our ways. Let us live what we preach. Let us live what we sing. And in the year that we're living in, it's time for our words to meet our life. We give you praise in advance because we know what's about to come. And as we begin to walk in the authentic ways that you have called us to live in, your people shall come into the kingdom. Let us be able to be Evangelists, not because what we fake to be, but because as we preach the word, we live it. When we walk out of those doors, in the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. I want to remind you all of giving. The deacons will be outside between twelve and one. Also, you may use the GiveLify app. You may use text to give, or the Cash app. We thank you now unto him that is able to keep you from falling and to present you faultless before his presence with exceeding joy. To the only wise God, our savior, be glory and majesty, dominion and power. Let all you that agree comment right now, amen. Thank you. Bye.